0: pittsburgh steeler fans what's going on this is jeff hartman of steel curtain network you found another episode of let's ride your monday wednesday and friday morning podcast thanks for joining me making me a part of your week happy hump day everyone it is wednesday Let's get to some news. You know, what I'm going to talk about today is really the first half. It's going to be all based on news. It's going to be about Omar Khan speaking for the first time since his introductory press conference as a general manager, really doing general manager things at the comment. We'll talk about that. Before we get to that, I want to outline something. So, man, this I I hate this. So, if you listened to the Steelers preview last Thursday... Myself, Dave Schofield, Brian Davis, we were on the show. We were talking about how excited we were. We're starting the Fans First Sports Network, FFSN as we'll refer to it. And yeah, we were really pumped up. We're like, March 1st, we're going to go. Yes, let's do it. And then we find out that it's going to have to be bumped back to April 1st. I just want you all to know right now. Okay, because my mom, believe it or not, sent me a text and said, "Oh, I'm excited for everything to change over." And I said, "Well, it's not going to happen." And then I remembered, crap! I got to tell, every, I got to tell the listeners. <laughs> so, uh, here's here's the thing: uh, SB Nation, Vox Media, I've already ex- already explained how they decided to cut ties with podcasts. Well, they said they got to f- they got to figure some things out first, and they're delaying this a month. I remember back when. Ladarius Green was signed, and I mentioned Ladarius Green last week in my worst free agent pickups in Steelers history uh, podcast. When Ladarius Green was signed and he wasn't able to practice yet due to the ankle injury, Ben Roethlisberger was interviewed after a training camp practice and he said, man, it's like seeing a Ferrari that's parked in the parking lot and you can't use it. Yeah, that's what it feels like. We are ready to go. And not just our network, but so many networks are ready to go. We're ready to get this thing jump-started. We want to get this FFSN network to be the best that it ever can be, and even then some. And we can't do it. we got to wait. We, we have to wait. We have no choice. And so if you were sitting there March 1st today, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to pull up Apple Podcasts, and it's not going to say Behind the Steel Curtain. It's going to say the Steel Curtain Network with a different logo. Sorry to dis- disappoint. You're going to have to wait another month. It's kind of like if you knew what you were getting for Christmas from your parents or from a relative or a loved one, and they say, Hey, here's what you're getting. Ah, you got to wait. <laughs> I'll give it to you in February. Like that would really suck. And this really sucks. So uh, it's not our doing. We're going to continue to podcast. We're going to continue to get these wheels in motion. And we're going to hope for a really big launch on April 1st. But I do want to say, Even though it's March 1st, today at noon is a big day because even though the official transition over from Behind the Steel Curtains podcast network to the Steel Curtain network is not going to be official until April 1st, Jim Wexel's show is starting today. So today, Wednesday at noon, make sure you're tuning in. You got Jeremy and Jim. In the Steel Steel City Insider podcast, make sure you check it out. Jim is actually in Indianapolis right now. He is at the combine. You are getting someone that is there firsthand experience. Make sure you check that out. You're not going to want to miss it. All right, let's get to the, let's get this show on the road. So, as I said, speaking of the combine, Omar Khan spoke at that combine, and this was the first time that he spoke. Now, if you want to get a the, like the nitty gritty of what he said, go and listen to Dave Schofield's exclusive podcast that kind of outlines everything that was said. Uh, it's about 12 minutes in length. You know, Dave goes on a little rant at the end talking about Dan Ward Jr. Whatever, it's fine. That's what Dave does. But what we're talking about here are just kind of the nuts and bolts of what what Omar Khan was saying at this combine. Because he spoke to the local Pittsburgh media prior to going at the podium and being... Well, anyone could ask questions at that point. We have our own Andrew Wilbar is going to be going to the Combine later in the week. I believe our own Bradley Locker is going to be at the Combine later in the week. We've got boots on the ground, folks. We've got boots on the ground. Okay, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of go inside the mind of Omar Khan. Think about what he was saying. Is he blowing smoke? Is he being honest? Well... I've got the I've got my BS meter going on right now, and so if, if if we're gonna go through some of these quotes and some of the things that were put out on Twitter by several different beat writers, and if if I feel like my BS meter is going up, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's really blowing smoke up our, you know where, then I'm gonna let you know. So let's let's dive into this. Let's talk about this, and you know what's gonna happen in the second half of the podcast on Wednesday? That's when we have the mailbag segment, and I'm gonna answer all your questions. You all had a lot of questions, so. Like I said, Omar Khan, first thing he was really asked about was he was asked about some player contracts, and they asked, you know, hey, what do you think about Cam Sutton? You're going to be able to bring him back, and the guy's going to be a free agent. People forget that this is his first opportunity to really test free agency based on the fact that he didn't test free agency the last when his rookie contract expired. He signed a two-year deal prior to free agency. So here's what, according to Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he said the Steelers general manager Omar Khan said he feels good about where the team is in contract negotiations with Cam Sutton. He said the two, said the conversations have commenced between the two parties. Okay. Hey, that's good. They no BS meter there. That was him. He could have said, well, we like him and we were hopeful to have him back. and But no, he actually said that the two sides are, are talking. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure they're all talking, and they're kind of getting a feel for what's expected. You know, Cam Sutton's camp is going to say, well, we're expecting X number of years, X number of dollars, X number of guaranteed dollars, and Omar Khan's taking that all in thinking, okay, now we know. We know where you stand. We're going to be honest, and they're talking. That's a good thing. It's better than not talking. Then he was asked about Alex Highsmith, which honestly— I understand why Alex Highsmith is being brought up. I guess I just never thought that he would be an option for an extension. He still has one year left on his rookie deal, but if you don't want him to hit free agency after that, I get it. Steelers general managers from Dale Lawley of Steelers.com. Steelers general manager Omar Khan said when asked about Alex Highsmith extension, we don't like good young players to get away. Hmm. Okay. Didn't really give too much information there, but the BS meter is still pretty low. Not really thinking that anything crazy is happening. He is absolutely one of those people. that's. He's just saying, look, he's a good young player. coming off a 14-and-a-half sack season. What do you expect? Yes, they're going to want to keep him, but that's got Alex Highsmith. People forget this all the time. Um, even with people on our own podcast network are saying, well, they need to do this. They need to lock this guy up now. Like They need to sign Terrell Edmonds right now. Let me... Put yourself in the player's shoes for a second because we always think about this as a fan from the organizational standpoint. Think about it from a player's perspective. Why in the hell would any player do what Cam Sutton did after his rookie contract? Anyone? I know that I wouldn't do that. I'm going to want to test free agent Waters. I want to see if I can get the best deal for myself because ultimately it comes down to I got to take care of myself. Some say that's greedy. I'm sorry. It's a business. You treat it like a business. If I get hurt, you're going to cut me. I have to treat it like a business and get as much money as I can. So Alex Highsmith very well could say, I'm not talking extension right now unless he absolutely loves the Steelers and doesn't want to go anywhere else. He might say, I'm not interested. I'm going to play out my final year of my rookie contract, and then if I have another double-digit sack season, I'm going to make a really a lot of money after next year. It could happen. You never know. Now, also, of course, quarterbacks were talked about. Mitch Trubisky was brought up from Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Omar Khan says they want Mitch Mitch Trubisky next year. He's still under contract for 2023 and beyond. Okay, folks, here we are. That's right. There's the BS siren. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. Why? I'm not buying it for the fact that I get that you want Mitch to stay next year. He's under contract in 2023. It's going to cost you about eight million dollars. But I, I, why would you? Why would Mitch Trubisky want to stay beyond 2023? So unless he says, "Give me my outright release." If he says, "I'm going to stay." If Mitch Trubisky says, "You know what? I'll stay. I'll sign an extension. I'll sign a two-year extension, and I'll be the backup." He's he would essentially have to be saying, "I'm fine be I'm fine being the backup. I'm fine." And I, I've I've basically told myself that my career for the rest of my career is going to be, uh, you know, a perennial backup. You think about some of those players that just have held clipboards and moved around, like Chase Daniels is one that comes to mind. That they, they'll go all over the place. Matt Flynn was back in the day. Continuing on the Trubisky talk, Omar Khan also said he loves the way Trubisky worked with Kenny Pickett and would like Trubisky to be around long-term, including beyond next season. I just don't know why in the world that would happen. Like It, it just doesn't make much sense to me, but that's what Omar Khan said, not me. Now then, Jerry Dulac, he asked a question about Mason Rudolph, and he said <laughs> i am sorry, I'm trying not to laugh—Khan said the Steelers have quote-unquote not closed the door on re-signing Mason Rudolph. And yeah, you can expect. There it is, folks. The BS siren is out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you haven't closed the door on re signing Mason Rudolph. But again, why would he want to come back? Unless the Steelers are telling Mason, hey, man, here's the deal we're going to cut Mitch, we're going to save ourselves $8 million. We want to bring you back on a two-year deal. It's going to be a cap-friendly deal for the Steelers, especially in 2023, and you can be the primary backup. If something happens with Kenny, you're the guy. Unless that's a conversation that's happening, I'm not buying it at all. None of it. Man, BS Siren going off. He also talked about the front office. He, asked, uh, he was asked about, basically, Andy Weedle's role. And Omar Khan said this, according to Dale Lally of Steelers.com, said, not much changes in the draft process. Andy Weedle and the scouting department, they're going to help set that big board for the organization. But ultimately, it's going to come down to Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, and Art Rooney II, who will decide on the picks. That makes sense. I mean, that's going to happen all the time anyways. Uh, on top of that, Khan also said that as part of – everything that's going on with him being the general manager, that the director of football administration, which is the title kind of that he used to hold as the salary cap guy, he's not going to be doing all that stuff anymore. Cole Markow, I believe is how you pronounce that, M-A-R-C-O-U-X, if I butchered it, not shocked. Also, my apologies that he's taking on some of those duties. But don't think for a second that Omar Khan's not still going to be involved in the cap management because he even said that he will be. Now, then... They asked him about, hey, you have the 32nd overall pick. That is the first pick in the second round via the Chase Claypool draft, draft, the, the pick they received for the Chase Claypool trade. Khan said that having the number 32 pick gives the Steelers a lot of options. They've been discussing all of them. And what does he say? Everything is on the table. There it is, folks. Everything is on the table. Maybe I should say that that's not, like, the BS siren right there, but that's certainly one of those situations where, like, well, what else do you want him to say? Like, what do you want Omar Khan to say? Oh, we're definitely trading the 32nd pick. No, I think he's saying that, look, we have an open mind, so yeah, there's a little bit of BS there, but it's not egregious or anything like that. Ultimately, I thought that Omar Khan's press conference was pretty good for his first time standing up in front of the media. He talked about how it's a dream job, how he loves going to work every day, how he really does appreciate the opportunity that was given to him that he's been doing this for a long time. It's his first time getting an opportunity to build a roster. I think that's really cool. I think that's really, really great, and if, if that this guy's going to be more motivated than anyone else to prove himself. You just hope he doesn't do so to the detriment of the team, meaning you hope he doesn't say, like, I've got to go out and get this guy right now because I think he's going to be that guy. Just trust the process. Trust the scouts. Trust the the scouting department. Trust your coach. Been doing it for a long time. I think everything will be just fine. So I thought Omar Khan was pretty truthful. You didn't hear the BS siren too much. Shoot, there's some GMs. I could have played that siren on the loop. And (laughs) that's what you would have heard. But nonetheless, there you have Omar Khan. A little bit of a glimpse into the mind of the Steelers' general manager. All right, folks, when we come back after this break, you know what happens on Wednesdays. We dive into the the mailbag. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Alright Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. Time for the mailbag, in case you don't know, on Tuesday mornings, if I remember on time, all you gotta do is find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I'm gonna put out a tweet saying, alright guys and gals, time for you to put out your questions for the mailbag. I use a GIF, I'm still using the other guys because it's a hysterical movie. And you just respond. You respond. I answer. Simple. So Doc M, again, I swear I need to send this guy a stipend for giving me ideas. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save this for an actual podcast. But he said for a full podcast, he asked the question before the off gets in full force. How should a fan differentiate between Steelers news, rumors, and speculation and junk? What should be the criteria to critically evaluate information? That's a great question, and that's why I'm going to dive into that at a later date, so stay tuned, Doc. Thank you very much. All right, Brian Haynes, he asked a bunch of questions. I'm going to get to all of them. Here we go. With the Underwear Olympics quickly approaching, what do you think is more important, the actions tested or the interview? I think that if I'm giving a percentage, I feel like it's probably 40% interview, 60% Uh, the actual testing. And the reason why I say that is, you know, I had Roy Countryman on the show on Monday, go back and listen to that podcast in case you missed it. And he talked about how at the combine, it's almost like speed dating. I think maybe I use that analogy, but he agreed that it's so fast, so rapid, you really don't get a chance to know these prospects very well. So that's why he talked about the senior bowl being the better event, not only to go as a, as a fan, but even as a scout. So I would say it's about 40, 60. Next from Brian. Who would you rather watch, Mark Wahlberg or Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell, no doubt about it, although I do like Mark Wahlberg. Got a lot of respect for Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Brian Haynes also asks, would you rather watch a Ravens Super Bowl or a Steelers AFC Championship game loss? Oh, wh- Why would you do this to me, Brian? Like, What are we doing here, folks? Like, Is this try to make Jeff squirm? Like, I don't understand this. I would go with a Steelers AFC Championship game loss. I'm, I don't want to see the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Next and final one from Brian. If if Joey Porter Jr. is there at pick 17 and the Steelers take him, and then Addison is there at 32 and they take him, what position do you think is the pick at 49? I would for me. And again, you have to see how the board is falling at this time I and mean, it's easy for me to just say, "Oh, I'll take a guess." And that's all this is. It's uh it's just a guess. So, I'm going to go with a linebacker. I just it's a gut it's a gut instinct maybe it's because I listened to the Steelers fix and I heard them talking about linebackers and I was really intrigued by some of the names they brought up maybe that's it I don't know go back and listen to the Steelers fix if you missed it on Tuesday they go over the mock draft of Andrew Wilbart's really good episode this is their best stuff leading up to the NFL draft so don't miss that but that's my guess Eamon J. Singh asked a question. Is there a list of good books about the Steelers you would recommend? Maybe we can have a book review section on BTSC. I recently finished The Ones Who Hit the Hardest, and it was a great read. This, Eamon, this is a great idea. If Southside Doc gives me ideas for podcasts, you've given me a good idea for an article for the website. And it's not just an article for a website, but something that the the commenters could use as well in terms of helping you out here. So my favorite Steeler books... Jim Wexel's Palomalu book is phenomenal. Uh, Jim Wexel's On the Clock book. Jim Wexel's Behind the Steel Curtain is also a very good book. I will also say that uh, Their Life's Work by Gary Prominence is maybe, if you just want to know about the 70s Steelers, that is so good. I I mean, just the section on Mike Webster alone is enough to sell the book. Bill Cowher's book is good. Mean Joe Green's book is good. Uh, Tunch Ilkin's book is good. I've read them all. They're all fantastic. Uh, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to get that, bo- that, that book review article for you there, Amen. So pay attention. We'll get that out there. All right, Diego Fernandez, as you've talked about the defensive line situation some podcasts ago, so how would you feel drafting defensive line at 17 over offensive tackle or cornerback? Do you see any realistic player available? So let's stop there, Diego. Let me answer that. So this is something that I felt as I was reading mock drafts and listening to what people were saying. And then when Roy Countryman came on the show Monday and he agreed with me, it kind of solidified my thought. This defensive line draft class might be okay from a depth perspective, but in terms of those big time prospects, this is a very top heavy group. And when you see people like Matt Miller of ESPN only having one defensive lineman with a first round grade, that scares me a little bit. And that one defensive lineman from Georgia, the name escapes me. I don't care. He's going to go way before 17. So I don't want the Steelers drafting defensive line. I want them getting a first round talent at that spot. So, In that case, take a tackle or a cornerback instead if there's one available. Second part of Tiago's questions. If there is only one possibility to improve the defense, would you rather improve defensive line over the secondary or meaning cornerback one via the draft? If I had a choice, I would do the defensive line, but this is a very deep cornerback class, so I think that in this draft it's more likely that it comes from the secondary. So good questions. Tank asked a couple. He says I've missed the last few question sessions due to busy Tuesday, so I'm asking more than one. If you could interview one Ravens player to discuss the, that rivalry with Ben and Troy and Hines, oh wow, who would you pick? This is a great question. If I could choose one Steeler player, or I'm sorry, one Ravens player, I'm probably going to go. I'm trying to think of the which everyone would think it's Ray Lewis. I'm not going to go – with if I have Ben, Troy, and Hines, I'm probably going to go Terrell Suggs, but Ray Lewis would be a close second. For sure, he would be a close second. So uh, Tank asked another one. Here we go. If if you had to choose to listen to Mark Madden or Skip Bayless, how fast would you turn on touchdown under a stacky? Okay, so, um, yeah, those are not my cup of tea. I'm just going to put it that way. I'm not that type of – I don't like to listen to that type of stuff. So, yeah, I honestly – I don't listen to anyone other than our own network, so I do listen to all of our podcasts, so there you go. That's an easy way to answer that one. Okay, let's go back to—I missed one. I'm sorry about that. For Brian, he said, who do you think are the leaders on offense? Not who should they be, but who do you think guys listen to when the battle starts? If I'm being honest, I think there's two. I think one of them is Najee Harris— I think he grew into that role as the season progressed when he started playing better, but I think also Kenny Pickett. And that might say a lot about the, the quality of leadership on the Steelers' offense, but I think Kenny Pickett's a leader. He's a born leader. He's a guy that's going to stand up and say, we need to be better. So, uh, yeah, that's who I'm going with. I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris. MDivs24 said, you're stuck on an island. You have three athletes, three foods, and three movies to keep. Who, what are you taking of each? So I have three athletes. I'm stuck on an island. Uh, The first athlete I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, I I guess, are you saying Steelers or just athletes? He didn't specify. So I'm just going to go Steelers. I'll make it simple. It's a Steelers podcast. So we're going to go with three Steelers. Number one, uh, I'm going to go with, I'm stuck on an island. I'm going to go with Cam Hayward. The guy's pretty versatile. I mean, when you think about it, he's, He's big, but he's not like Casey Hampton. So he's going to be able to move some stuff. He's going to be able to help me build some stuff. Uh, I'm going to go with Cam. That's number one. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Troy Polamalu. Maybe his Polynesian culture can can help me out in some way on an island. I That's a stretch, but I'm going to go with Troy. The third, I'm going to go with uh, Ben. And I'm going to try to keep these all current, okay? so uh, Or modern era players. I'm gonna go with Ben roethlisberger because at least maybe he could throw something. Uh I don't know if there's a boat out there or something that he could throw something at, or he could maybe uh help kill something for food. But it looks like we have food. So the three foods I'm gonna take give me a good burger, give me a steak, and then we'll have some pizza for fun. Three movies. I'm gonna go with what i like right now. Three movies that I'm gonna keep. Uh, I'm gonna go with Bull Durham. I'm going to go with Major League, and I'm going to go with Caddyshack. Those three. Good question, Diz. Made me think a little bit, way more than I thought I would. Beast for has two questions. Number one, looking back at last year's draft, if the Steelers would not have taken Kenny Pickett, what team do you think you might have, dra- might have drafted him after the Steelers? That's a good question. I don't even remember the draft order. I'd have to go back and say, like, what would have happened if the Steelers didn't take him at 20? So I can't answer that. I don't remember. Number two, do you think Andy Weedle could possibly have a say in some scouting coaches or make a personnel change there? So that's another good point. Andy Weedle could have some insight on some coaching changes if the Steelers want to add to their staff. I'm not saying they're going to lean on him. He's still very new in the organization, but that's a good point. I never really thought about that. Let's go to Tyler. He said, hey, Jeff, number one, what's stopping the Steelers from being elite next year? I think right now it's the holes on defense they got to fill those holes on defense. The secondary, safety, cornerback, inside linebacker. Where do I begin? Outside linebacker depth, defensive line. They've got a lot of holes they got to fill. That's what's keeping them from being elite next year. Number two, is Deontay Johnson overhyped, and is he worth keeping around? No, I don't think he – well, is he overhyped in general? I just think he is who he is. I mean, if I'm being honest, Deontay Johnson – yeah, he didn't hit pay dirt, but he was still productive. I don't want people to think he's not productive. All right, number three, if one backup quarterback walks, who would you prefer to keep, Mason or Trubisky? Um, I would actually rather keep Mitch over Mason. He's just more mobile. I think he fits into the scheme a little bit better. Good questions. Uh, RJ, he asks, I just listened to The Hangover. Great show. Who would you, who would be your villain from the Steelers if they never played for Pittsburgh? I was thinking Troy Polamalu. So there's these guys that you always say like, oh, man, like Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco. He was the guy that you hated him. You hated him. But if he was on your team, you'd love him. That's Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward was who other teams, they hated him. They hated the way he played. They hated when he cheap shot at defenders. They hated that smile on his face. But what do Steeler fans do? They love everything that I just said other teams hate. That's the guy I'm going with. All right. Heath Davis. He asked several questions. El Jefe, since the Steelers like to promote from within to fill coordinator roles, do you believe that has to lead that has led to the issues we have on offense? A bad offensive coordinator hires bad coaches. The offensive coordinator gets fired. Bad coach promoted to OC. Bad OC hires more bad coaches, and so on. That's a pretty sick cycle there, Heath. I'm I'm not so sure about that. And you think about right now. I'm looking at the offensive coaching staff. So, yes, people are going to be suspect of Matt Canada, but I like Frisman Jackson with the receivers. I like what Pat Myers done with the offensive line. Um, I I don't even mind Eddie Faulkner with the running backs. I don't think that all the coaches are awful. I I just don't think that's the case. Next one from Heath. The football gods have decided to let you choose three players, one on offense, one defense, and one special teams, from any point in Steelers' history to return to the Steelers' current roster in their prime for the next season. Who do you choose and why? So on offense, this may sound crazy, but I'm going to go with... um, Give me a center, so it could be Mike Webster or Monty Dawson. I'll take either. On defense, uh, give me you know, we'll make this one, I'll I'll make this one a little special, I could go back to some legendary linebackers, give me Ryan Shazier, give me the athleticism of Ryan Shazier's coverage ability, boy, they could use that, right, one special teamer, Uh, I'll go with, um, oh geez, from their prime, Steelers have never been really known for their, give me Antoine Randlewell, in his prime. He used to love watching that guy. He was frustrating about it. He used to love him watching uh, return kicks. Heath also asked, when you look at a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who are known for their offensive line, what does it take to sustain a dynasty of great offensive lines? What do teams like them do that helps them secure such a great line? It seems to take us three or four bad years to put together a good one. I think a lot of times you have an offensive line that is, they don't just have high pedigree guys. They also have some diamonds in the rough. So let's look at the last time the Steelers had what most would call a a dominant offensive line. So who is at center? First round pick, Marquise Pouncey. Who is at right guard? First round pick, David DeCastro. Who is at right tackle? Marcus Gilbert, second round pick. Look at the left side of the line though. Ramon Foster at left guard, undrafted. Alejandro Villanueva, left tackle, Undrafted, So they did have the high pedigree, but they also had those diamonds in the rough mixed in. That's what they need to do. They need to find those diamonds in the rough so that they don't have to spend all of their high pedigree guys, all their high draft picks, I should say, on the offensive line, as well as paying big money in free agency. It just doesn't work out all the time. And Heath shared a uh, funny gift of uh, the other guys, which I always appreciate that for sure. Tyler W says, say one of the top three offensive tackles and one of the top three cornerbacks are available at 17. what position are you picking and why give me the cornerback. The Steelers need that CB1. if they run back that offensive line next year, I'm not gonna it's not the end of the world for me. I know many are gonna disagree, but it's not the end of the world. RJ. Said, Just a friendly reminder to go Google Play or Apple Store and give this Steel Curtain Network, which is still called Behind the Steel Curtain, five stars. I do appreciate that. Thank you for the reminder. Uh, RJ said, would you rather keep Jack and re-sign Spillane or rework Jack? Jack's contract and signed Tremaine Edwards. I'm shocked. I haven't seen rumors for the Steelers signing Tremaine Edmonds. Those rumors aren't going to start just yet. They'll, they'll be kicking up after the combine. Trust me. When we get closer to that tampering period on March 13th, you're going to hear way more rumors, but would I rather keep Jack and re-sign Spillane or rework Jack? I would rather rework Jack and try to get Tremaine Edmonds. If I have a choice, the choices that you gave me, that's what I would rather do. David Briggs, said, Hey Jeff, without naming names, of course, do you find with this job that there are people you are concerned are too obsessed with the Steelers? It could be fans, fellow podcasters, editors, etc. Well, I can't say that there's people out there. The fans are too obsessed with the Steelers. I mean, if we didn't have obsessed fans, who's going to listen to our three podcasts every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So no, I'm not going to say that at all. Uh, I do think there are fans sometimes that get too reactionary to the Steelers. I love that fans are engaged. I love that fans listen, but there are times where, folks, you got to remember if the Steelers go out and lay an egg, like you had no control in that. They like, let it go. Like we, we can all re- want them to win, and we can all be a little upset if they lose, but some people let them ruin their lives. That's a little much. Corey Eckenroth asks On Monday, you mentioned Roy writing a fan post for the website. It's something I considered in the past, and I'm think, I am think I'm over my nerves to give it a try. So how do I go about doing it? And then he put in parentheses, I'm already a member of the website. Okay, so if you ever want to write a fan post, you have to go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You scroll down the page, and on the right side, you'll see it says Fan Post. And then you keeps scrolling down, and it'll say Write Your Own or Write One, something like that. Click on that. It'll bring up a little editor. You put in your title. Give it a shot, write your article, and then you can post it. Now, if I see it and I like it and I think it's good quality work, I can then promote that to the main page and it would show up in the top six to eight articles that we have there at the top. Um, however, even if I don't, um, even if I don't do that, I'm still looking at you know a situation where those fan posts are still going to be seen by the people that read the website. They can comment on it and you can get your work out there. So yeah, give it a shot. Let's go to the last one here from Nathan Van Slyke. Hey, Jeff, I know I'm probably too late for this week. You're not. Uh, what is your favorite Troy Palomalu play? Mine is between the fingertip interception against the Chargers or the sack on Flacco in the AFC Championship game. My favorite Troy Palomalu play. So the fingertip interception of Phillip Rivers against the Chargers was, was a good one. The stopping Joe Flacco was phenomenal. I think the one against Kerry Collins and the Tennessee Titans was probably better if I'm being nitpicky here, but to me, there's no better Troy Polamalu moment than the AFC championship game interception against Joe Flacco, return it back, for a touchdown, seals the win, Steelers go on to the Super Bowl and win Super Bowl 43. That is by far the best Troy Polamalu moment in my opinion all right folks that does it for me thank you for everyone that contributed to the mailbag i do appreciate it you all are the best my ride or die crew is the absolute best make sure you check out jim wexel's podcast at noon and make sure you check out all of our content here at the steel curtain network we do appreciate everyone that listens you know how we finish it out here right be safe be kind and god bless have a great rest of your week i'll see you on friday Go us